Welcome to the English Montreal School Board Podcast, where you'll hear from the people within the EMSB community and beyond, beyond. people with some inspiring stories, and people who work very hard to make this board, the EMSB, the choice of thousands of families. So five students from Royal West Academy in Montreal shined at the annual Hydro-Quebec Montreal Regional Science Fair and Technology Fair held at Laval Senior Academy. And you're going to hear all about them and their projects as we kick it off right now with twin sisters Lauren and Cassidy Engo, who won the Bronze Medal Canadian Meteorological and Oceanic Society Award, the Highest Distinction Award, the McGill University Faculty of Science Department of Atmospheric and Oceanic Sciences Award, the McGill University Faculty of Science Award, and the Super Expo Sciences Hydro-Quebec Experimentation and Design Award. So tell us the name of your project. It's called Take a Bite Out of CO2. Take a Bite Out of CO2, and tell us a little bit about it. So our project is about the CO2 that is produced by uh, electronics and devices like phones and computers. So it's essentially the same CO2 that is produced from cars and trucks, um, but it is made from devices instead. And so we call it electronic CO2. Mm-hmm. Okay. And our and goal was spread awareness of that issue. Yeah. Okay. And tell us about the issue that you want to spread awareness about. What's the major issue when it comes to electronic CO2s? The major issue is that a lot of people, they don't, they, they aren't aware of the fact that every time they go on their device or do anything on a computer, they create CO2. And so since they can't see it, they don't, they don't see that all of the electronics take power to work. And so it's a huge problem. So we are trying to spread awareness about eCO2. Okay. So I had no idea. And can, can you tell <laughs> me how, give us an example. We're on Zoom right now on my computer. I'm on my phone. How does that emit CO2? So essentially, whenever you watch, let's say, a video... Um, the video is stored and streamed from data centers around the world. And these massive centers use enormous amounts of electricity and energy to run and cool. And it's based off of um, fossil fuels. And that's how we contribute our part to global warming every time we stream. Okay. Obviously not a good thing for the planet, right? Mm, no, not at all. So what can we do to change that? Well, we can be aware of the issue. So simply being aware of it um, helps a lot. And it encourages us to reduce our, t- our screen time, but also um, setting up application limits w- like what we did in our experiment um, helps reduce that time. So actually converting, um, the, taking action to reduce your time, it helps. And what kind of experiments did you guys do to, to prove this theory and to further uh, the goals of your project? Well, we put them through a three-step intervention that's really not long. It takes like about five minutes to do. So first we created a video and showed it to the to our participants to help uh, spread awareness about the problem first. And then we helped, uh, we took their screen time and then converted it into the amount of CO2 that we produced. So essentially their carbon footprint. And then the last step we did is that we set up app limits on their phones to give them the motivation and to enforce enforce that motivation in them. And so that helped reduce their screen time. Why did you guys choose that topic? Well, we, we were interested in social media at first. So we did a lot of research on how it affects the mind and how it affects social life. And But while we were doing the research, we found out that it actually also has an impact on the environment. And so it's not only social life, it also is the environmental aspect. And how long did it take you to do the research and, and everything that you put into to this amazing project? Well, um, I mean, it took, out, it took us a couple of months to do research, um, but it also took some time to 
do the experiment. Um, but we also had time constraints, you know, because we had exams, um, people were going on vacation. So it was very difficult, but we still managed to do it. You guys learned so many things from this project. What, what's the one thing that you want to tell us about what you learned that you never thought, that you never knew about? We learned a lot about setting up, how to set up a project, how to set up an experiment. Um, but we also learned a lot about statistics. Um, and statistics was never something we learned at school. So that was very interesting. Yeah, so we, we actually just went on our own and learned about it. Uh, right off the top of the podcast, we listed the many awards that you guys have won for uh, this project. Tell me, what, what does it mean to you to win so many prestigious awards for it? Well, we're very uh, lucky. We're very fortunate to have been uh, selected for all these awards. Uh, we plan to maybe use some the awards, uh, the money and the scholarships for to pursue uh, education in the science field or maybe just work. I wish you congratulations and thanks very much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. We'll talk to Laura D'Angelis and Elisabetta Iorio right now. They won the Champlain College St. Lambert Campus Science Award and the John Abbott College Science Award. Tell us your the name of your project and a little bit about it. So the project is called Can You Remember? And we wanted to test uh, people's memory in different, in different environmental factors. So we tested them in the light without music, in the light with music, and then the dark with music and the dark without music. And we want to see if these like visual and auditory like factors would have a difference on someone's memory and if there was a difference for men and women. Okay, and tell, tell me what you came up with. So um, basically our results showed that uh, women have trouble with um, auditory distractions, whereas men have trouble with visual distractions. So when uh, coming to like recommendations, we would recommend that men study in a place that they don't have anything like visually that can distract them. And women don't have any music or any sound on in the background. And it was very interesting because they performed uh, better in like opposite environments. So the women were the best at when the light without music and the men in the dark with music. Did you go into uh, why? Uh, well, we looked at like the visual and auditory distraction aspect of it. Yeah, and uh, the research that we had found actually um, said that uh, all people would perform better in light without any music on. Amazing. Tell me a little bit about the experiments that uh, you, that you guys did. It must have been kind of cool and kind of fun to, to put these experiments together, right? Uh, so basically what we did is that we tested 25 women and 25 men. Wow. From the ages of about 13, 14 until about 60, because we know that younger children have a harder, a shorter attention span. And that as you age, you tend to lose your, your hearing or your, and your memory. So we, we, we kept it in that age group. And basically each environment had a list of 10 words. This 10 words was the same for everybody and like in the environment, but each environment had a different set of words. So we read the words three times and then in the, in the environment. And then after a minute and 30 seconds, we asked them to repeat back whatever they could remember. How did you come up with an idea like this? Where did it come from? Yeah, um, so we know our peers at school, they always tell us that they're studying in their rooms in the dark, like with dim light, or they like to study with music on. And uh, some are not sure if it helps or if it's like actually a distraction. So we wanted to actually test this to see what we could come up with. Do you think that this is um, something that you'll continue to be uh, interested in and continue to push forwards uh, to talk about your research or it was just for, for this project? Um, so, I, so I'm very interested in sciences. I would like to go into a psychology class as like an extra course when I go into CSHEP next year. I am interested in like the science aspect behind the brain. So I think it would be interesting to see if I learn something about that next year that could even allow me to understand the results from the project even more. 
And how do you think the results can be used in in, in life and more than just a, a science fair project? Well, um, these results can be used for basically anyone who has to do any tasks where they have to memorize something or they're trying to learn something because it shows them that maybe the way they're doing it is not really best for them. And using what, like applying what we found in our experiments can actually help uh, enhance and uh, help them like, you know, get better with what they're doing. Yeah. And we know like it can be preferential from person to person. So like we would recommend to, for them to try it out. Like if they come to us and say their study habits are not working, we would recommend what we found on our experiment and they could try it out and see if it actually ends, uh, ends up helping them. Hey, what an amazing idea. Congratulations on the awards that you guys won as well. Thank you. It's time to talk to Emma Berlin right now, and she won the Dawson College Science Award and the McGill University Psychology Award. Emma, tell us a bit about your project and its name. So I did my science fair project on anxiety among gifted and high-achieving high school students. Um, so um, this was very interesting, as um, I think this is very much the target demographic of Royal West Academy, which is our school. Um, and... Contrary to a lot of popular research or research, large research done on this t subject, um, I found that anxiety is actually prominent within these, within this group. And um, I also looked at some strategies that could be used to help the anxiety. Okay. I also looked at what kind of anxiety they do. So can you go into that? Is, is, are these groups more anxious, less anxious, as anxious as, as other groups? Um, yeah, so... Uh, let me start with like, a little bit about like what the research currently says. So um, originally research done on this subject states that um, high achieving and gifted high school students do not experience high levels of anxiety due to something called academic self-concept. This is a student's self-perception based on their learning environment. So is what do you, how do you see yourself based on how well the other people are doing around you. So if you do well on a test, you see yourself better compared to those who aren't doing as well. However, in homogenous environments where it's just these gifted and high achieving high school students, the anxiety goes up because their test grades are now more average. In addition to that, um, qualitative studies, not quantitative studies done on these students also show that um, they do have high levels of anxiety due to perfectionistic tendencies. So maybe their grades won't be bad, but because of their perfectionism that um, is really common in this population, they do experience anxiety. And are the um, anxieties different? Um, so, well, it was more um, testing how anxiety goes up with grade level. So okay. I, I looked actually at four variables. Okay. So I looked at grade level. So do students who go into secondary one at Royal West, a homogenous gifted only or high achieving only school, experience different levels of anxiety as students in like cycle two, you know, sec three, four, five, who might have higher anxiety as they're exposed more to it. Um, it's important to note that I split anxiety into two categories based on Spielberger's state trait anxiety inventory. Um, it basically splits anxiety into right now anxiety, which is what you feel at the moment. Um, and in this case, I asked participants to document their anxieties that which they would experience before taking a stressful test or examination. So there's state anxiety is test anxiety. Trait anxiety is your overall like chronic anxiety. Okay. Um, so I wanted to see whether state or right now anxiety can become trait, which is overall anxiety if you're exposed to it too much. And my results were indicative of that, which means that the longer you spend in a really intense, stressful environment, the more your overall anxiety will increase even outside of school. 
It's very Is this something, uh, a study that Royal West can actually use in practice? Yes. Yeah, so I actually also looked at strategies to solve this anxiety. Um, so this is more of a research element in this um, science for inquiry instead of more of, um, of an actual experiment. But there are a few tactics that can be used. Well, I think first we started the roots. It's a lot of times anxiety can actually be caused by parental pressure or just parents not knowing how to help children with anxiety. Um, so good thing is is make like helping children understand that anxiety um, because of like life hurdles should be seen. Life should not be seen as a set of hurdles. Instead, it should be seen and seen as a set of opportunities. So having that positive outlook on tests, like, oh, instead of taking a stressful test, it's more a a way to show your knowledge to the teacher. And instead of focusing on like grades and how well you do, it's more on how you understand and comprehend. Um, and also like the use of humor, just having a positive like outlook. Also, um, uh, this is this tactic called the worry jar where you put your worries in a jar um, and it helps separate you from your problems and your anxiety. But for teachers, actually one of the important things is social networking between gifted students and other high achieving gifted students. So um, because a lot of times we feel very isolated in our environment, Royal West students feel like we're the only people going through this anxiety. Um, but when you have people who you know outside of the school who are also experiencing the same anxiety, who also have similar grades as you and are also high achievers, that is really beneficial. It's an amazing topic and um you can be very proud and and that'd be you know really cool if if your research can actually help schools like royal west and others deal with uh deal with anxiety in, in high achieving students yeah and parents and students too i'm really hoping because it's out there now i have documented research on these students anxiety rates and that it's actually real congratulations on uh, your amazing uh, project and your award as well Thank you so much. You've been listening to the English Montreal School Board Podcast. Make sure to subscribe to this and the Inspirations Podcast, Quebec's only podcast dedicated to the special needs community on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Thanks for listening.